Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats from NC State University's Career Development Center, the only podcast dedicated to providing NC State students with current, relevant, and thought-provoking ideas that will challenge you to think about your future. Whether you want to know more about what hiring managers are really thinking, or you just need to hear an honest and encouraging story about overcoming obstacles to reach your goals, we've got you covered. Wolfpack Career Chats is just one of the many services we provide. Whether it's career fairs, on-campus interviews, co-op opportunities, or more, we are here for the pack. and you said, oh my gosh, what would I tell students? And I was like, well, this is the day. You came up with cool formulas and you had like a, an overall like umbrella assumption before we get into these, they're, they're here. Yeah, so let's discuss this because you, you, um, you brought some good points. So I'm a technical guy, right? But this, this little thing we're gonna talk about doesn't pertain to having to be in STEM or life sciences. These are my thoughts about 35 years of working and if I were you, you know, kind of like that, gosh, what would you tell yourself if you were going to be getting into the workforce 35 years ago, thoughts that I had. Um, And these formulas, I thought, you know, well, it's easy to ramble on these things, which I do, but you can write these down. Like this is, these are nuggets right here. This is the best. This is like, these are gems you're dropping. (laughs) And I, I totally, you guys pick this stuff up. Because it's about to happen. Yeah. I know the banter was, you know, we tried it. We, we weren't sure how it would go. But it people, thing, well, class I, that's why I said people will chat and Carrie will tell us all the questions at the end. Um, or you guys can say that that was really you guys rambled and don't ever do that again. Yeah. Or maybe you can say we want that next week. But the formula is right here. Okay, so, so, yeah. so here's the assumption that I'm operating under this, these kind of comments. And that is whatever your thing is, you're studying, whatever your area of interest is, that you're competent at it, right? So if I'm thinking in the perspective of if you were walking in to interview for my group at the biotech center, um, and and the focus of these comments are really focused a lot more on the emotional intelligence, emotional quotient, emotional awareness, whatever you call the EQEIEA thing than on the IQ side, right? So I called it technical competence, but you were like, eh, that sounds like, you know, just because you're a science guy, that's what you do. But look, and, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why I think that. One is, you, you've already done two things. One is, you got into NC State, and you're gonna graduate from NC State. Is this whole crew graduating? They're all graduating, yeah. they're hoping so. They yeah. can now take their classes pass fail, so I think they're, they're all good to go. They, yeah. just, they just don't wanna fail, that's the, the deal. Yeah, well, so I mean, on, in, in all honesty, congratulations, like that, that's a huge achievement, right? And so if I was interviewing you and I had already read your resume and I knew that you were graduated from NC State, I would calculate in my head, okay, this person made a ton of decisions early in their life to do well enough to get into state, and they've just developed muscle memory about how to be prepared, how to study for things, all of that stuff. So you've already done that. So I would spend, and it might be a little different, you know, if you're going to get a lab tech position, I might want to know a little bit specifically about that, or if you're doing programming or coding or something. But my bottom line assumption here is you have a skill competency that I'm kind of going to check the box on. So what I want to do if I'm going to just talk with you in an interview is I want to find out who you are. 
I'm going to figure out how you're going to fit into my organization. I want to figure out if you have leadership potential. Honestly, I want to figure out if someday one of a couple of things is to happen. Are you so good that I won't be able to keep you, but I want you now? And two is, could you take my job someday? And so, yeah, that's what my five formulas to success are kind of based on that one assumption. Yeah, everyone's got the content knowledge from their major. You're all graduating from one of the most esteemed universities on the planet. You are now up here with all the people that you're going to interview. Now it's like, who is this human? Yeah. Do I want to hang out with this person all right. day? Right. So, so, you know, as you go into the interview, like I'm a sales guy, right? I mean, I, I sell the state of North Carolina to companies all over the planet to try to convince them that when they're going to build their next facility or open an R&D operation. So I don't know if you read these things, but, you know, uh, companies like Eli Lilly is putting a facility in Research Triangle Park and a company called Avexis is doing gene therapy. Well, these are projects I work in as part of the state team to recruit them in, right? So my sales pitch is always about competitive advantage. What's the advantage in North Carolina over any other location? I think everybody, are, you're all in sales. You're going to be pitching somebody, you're in sales. So what is your advantage? And to me, why I brought up the IQ versus EQ is, I'm assuming that on the IQ piece, you got a 3-1, you got a 3-4, you got a 3-8. You know, you graduated from NC State. I think you're smart. So where you're going to differentiate yourself to me is on the EQEA part, emotional awareness part, not necessarily on the IQ part. And so that's the basis of these five nuggets yeah and that that's we we had a talk we about emotional awareness and we all wrote on a post-it note like the qualities in a person that we looked up to when we put those around the room and they were all on that human side of emotional intelligence maybe there's like one or two that were content so it really backs up what you're explaining to the class and um this might be time for let me maybe me to ask someone to grab the mic um for example john i see you in a very comfortable chair um if you want to unmute and so while you are um, listening to bill talk about selling and differentiating yourself would you share what differentiates you uh, yes, ab absolutely. I am in a very comfortable chair. I have another one just like it right here, and I'm in my home office as well. Um, what differentiates myself would be my personal experiences. I bring a lot of authenticness, um, originality to the table when it comes to, like, interacting. Um, I'm in sales as well. I'm a small business owner, uh, returning student, finishing up school. Um, so I run into a lot of situations where I need to be fluid. I need to be able to think on the fly be abstract and do things that aren't really uh, like, I guess uh, they don't have like a formula for yet, especially being a small business owner. So I think being fluid and being able to be abstract and authentic and, and what I bring to the table is really like my value add for organization. So not even saying that I'm, uh, you know, prepared to be in your organization, but if I was, I just think that I'd bring a different point of view to the table than what you bring, you know, being, um, from the West Coast, and you all, um, you know, having different uh, upbringings and different value propositions, um, I would just be able to give you a different point of contact. Right. I told you they were like amazing. Yeah, yeah good. So, so I really, I really can end now then because that pretty much <laughs> is everything I was going to say. So it's been great. I've enjoyed talking. <laughs> well, actually, and thank you, John, for letting me call you out. I know everybody's like, oh, I hope she calls me out. But I'm going to call one other person out um, just so we can, you know, not be gender biased on this. And I'm going to call out um, 
Casey. So Casey, you're my front row girl. You're always up there and you're interested in getting your master's biotech. So tell us um, what differentiates you. So yes, I am going to be in the micro or the microbial biotechnology masters at NC State. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're professional masters. They might have I done. Do. I, I am very familiar with it. Yes. Um, but what differentiates me, I like to think is I am incredibly hardworking. I learn extremely fast. And not only that, I have passion for the things that I do take on and believe in the highest quality that I can give. So I'm going to work my my butt off, if, if you can say that, um, to get the results that I want. And actually, one of my top strengths from Gallup was Achiever. That was nice. so good. And I am so excited that you both answered that because like all semester long, we've been talking about this. What those two people just did is so hard. It's so hard to talk promotionally about yourself. We're our worst critics. I, I'm just like, my heart is so big. I love these people. Yeah, no, I love, I, I, I don't know how much credit Marcy gets or you all get, probably both, but I mean that you're at the comfort level of just nailing that question and being uh, confident but not cocky and, and um, I, you know, two things, uh, John, you, you brought up the word flexibility and authenticity, big. I love the authenticity piece, right? Because John cued us, A cubed equals 100%. So A-cubed, authenticity was one of them. So mind reader here. Yes. Accountability, authenticity, and attitude. Triple A rating of, of success right there, right? And, and I think, uh, Casey, you said the same thing, right? Like I'm a hard worker. So I interpret that. And I, the question I would ask you if I was an interview is like, tell me how that's going to help me out, right? But my interpretation is like people who own their own, who own things, you know, who take accountability for the job and what they're doing, their responsibility to the team is huge, right? Um, seems kind of like table stakes a little bit, but not always the case. And as you, you know, especially as people kind of, you, you come into a position, you're all fired up and then you get to know the people, you get to know the job. And I have people on my team and I love them all, but I definitely have some people who uh, I, I can tell when I give them something, they personally own that project, that activity. It's their thing. They're passionate about delivering on it. But I also don't want them to be anything other than authentic, right? So, Casey, you brought up strengths. I think those assessments from the standpoint of understanding yourself and what you really can bring to a team and to folks is real. And in your ability to articulate that when you get in a situation like an interview or if you already have a position and you're starting with a new team, um, it's important. I mean, it's important because that's, that's the emotional part that I want to connect. Like, I'm going to spend a lot of time with these folks. Um, you're going to either make my life great. This is the selfish part, but the real part. You're going to make my life great or you're going like, to make my life miserable, right? Are you going to be, and we'll get to some of these, you're going to help me solve problems or are you going to be the person that I got to deal with all the time? And um, so, yeah. Yeah, and that was, did you do accountability or did I zone out? I did. Okay, I good. said accountability, authenticity, oh, and, and attitude. And you explained accountability. That's, I did. Okay, I good. Did. I, I, sorry, I was zoning out for a second. Um, but it happens a lot. Yeah, I know. I'm used to it. No, I knew the three A's, but I was thinking to myself, it never happens. We're going to get into listening. Good listeners. That, All right. Were you just prompting on that? That was I, good. I was prompting. All right, so yeah, this is, this is like, for me, I want you to know 90% of the college seniors in 
the United States of America, and there are going to be 3 million college grads this year that are all missing their graduation, that are all, you know, born in, I don't know what year you were born in, um, 2000, what, 18, 21 minus now. I don't know, 2000, yeah, whatever year, 1997, some of you are different ages, but um, some, but, but the thing is, whatever year you were born in, thank you, 98, you, you thought like, oh my God, I'll graduate from college one year and it'll be 2020. And it's like a freaking global pandemic. The entire world is in chaos. I know. I am in a movie right now. Yeah, it, it sucks. But you're gonna have the you're gonna have amazing stories. I mean, you know, forever. To so like your grandkids yeah. and your great grandkids, it's gonna be one of those things. But this is what I was gonna say. Ninety percent of the college graduates, three million of them, about to get their diploma in May, and then somehow get their ceremony and their cap and gown later. I hope you've taken your cap and gown pictures because that's fun. Do, do pictures. But they couldn't answer that question. They literally could. If I said that to them, what differentiates you? They literally would just sit there and freeze. And I know that Mojo agrees with it. All right, next formula. Which one are you going to do? Yeah, okay. this is the one. This is one of my favorites, actually. L is greater than or equal to T. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I wonder what L could be. <laughs> this is the the big um, dramatic mic yeah, drop moment. So, so I am very big on active listening. So my L greater than equal to T is listening is greater than or equal to talking. And so my teams, I'm in a role, again, where I bring together a lot of my team and a lot of partners. I work with a lot of people. And you're working with clients, right? You're, you're pitching to folks. And you got to listen to them. And I have, you know, I tell Marcy when we were just chatting, um, I have, a, I have a person on my team who's great, really good. In fact, I hired this person as PhD in molecular biology from an unnamed institution, not yours, um, who heads my economic development activities, really smart, always has a lot to say. The thing I'm coaching her on is sometimes you got to stop. Whenever you get to that point where you're like, so that's where you should stop rather than say so, and then you repeat yourself. So. So, and two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? Yeah, and, and, and it's different. I'm not just suggesting don't have something to say, right? I mean, the talking part is important, but you know, for if you, if you and if you haven't done much, I think Marcy, I think you've done some of this, but we'll, we'll post maybe there's a couple of articles and yes. stuff. You have articles, and yeah, I will yeah. post that. After on active noodles. listening, right? And not, not just for you to get great at it, but the people around you to get great at it because, um, you know, it's about engaging in the conversation, understanding what other people are saying. You know, there's a process to that. I think it's the other thing that I would suggest is some of these things we think we're good at. I mean, like initially when somebody said listening, I'm like, I'm a good listener. I listen more than I talk. There's a difference between that and being an active listener, being a good listener and knowing when to talk and what to say and to manage a room. It takes us right back to emotional awareness, right? That skill set, if you can master that skill set, it's just going to put you ahead because one of the other things we didn't talk about that I think is an opportunity as you go into your job interviews or you go into your new first position is understand where you're going to go, right? You don't have to know where you're going to go, but you have an amazing opportunity to think about what you're going to be next, right? And so as you go in as an individual performer in a role, 
Someday you're going to be a manager. I'm looking at all of you. I can tell that already. And someday you'll be a leader. And there's a difference between being good managers and being good leaders. But take advantage of your time now to look at the people around you and ask yourself, what, are they a good manager? What makes them a good manager? Are they a good leader? What makes them a good leader? Because you'll fall back on that stuff when you get put in those roles. Um, and, yeah, just, a, just an opportunity that I think people miss until all of a sudden you're confronted with the chance to be one of those, and you're like, oh, huh, okay, yeah. Well, so, who? and I can tell you I've had many of them, and some aren't good, and some have been great. And, you know, you can pick characteristics out from those folks uh, that will help you be that leader uh, that you'll all become. I can tell you right now who's going to be the amazing leaders. I, I know. I know who they are. I've got my crystal ball. All right. I want to go to this one next. Um, so this one is my favorite, I think. I, I like this one a lot. And um, Mojo wants to see it too because it's S squared is greater than C squared. Because the C – okay, this is a word that starts with C, and we all know these people. Like we all know these people right? They're right. in our world. Right. Some of them might be in your family right now because you're somewhere that you're not used to being and you're sharing a dwelling and you're quarantined with someone <laughs> like this. Um, and then, you know, I love the way you talked about the S. So you have a story for this one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which does move into one of the next ones too. This yeah. is kind of a segue one. So, so this is solution seekers S squared is greater than what I call Clever complainers, right? Because I don't think, I mean, I have folks who are, again, I, it's not that I dislike them. I'm just thinking about characteristics that I see in high performers that I work with or who work for me, right? So, uh, and we talked a little bit about this um, earlier in the conversation, but I'll give you an, so I'll give you an example of this, right? We, you and I were chatting. Yeah. And Marcy's always good when I'm rambling, like, I don't know what you mean. Give me an example. I'm sure she does that to you guys too. So, so I have a person on my team, uh, newer to the team, again, super smart, like them a lot. They have a tendency to do this. Um, they'll come in and, and poke their head in and say, Hey, um, I, I just wanted to let you know, like the meeting this morning that we had, um, I, I didn't think it was a great meeting and, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not my meeting. I know it was your meeting. So, I mean, it's, it's not my thing. I'm, I'm just telling you what I heard, you know, I mean, just so, you know, and I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, so good checkbox for having the courage to come and tell me that, but I don't know what to do with that. It's kind of like. It's a kind of clever way of complaining that they didn't like the meeting. Right? And they're kind of wasting your time. Like you're, you're busy. You don't want someone knocking on your door, just butting in with this statement that, yeah. So solution seekers greater than clever complainers. So let me, I'm going to, so this next formula is okay. So that's cool, Bill. Like, you don't like people just kind of being clever. How about the complain? What do you, what do you suggest they could go do? And that's this. So this is a tool and so have any of you ever heard of SBI, Situation Behavior Impact? Anybody, have you ever heard that as a way of dealing with conflict resolution, yeah. difficult conversations? Okay. Oh, so, I think Anna has. So Anna has. And Connor. Uh, Connor yeah. has. Yeah. So my overarching theme here is, so, so Marcy, Marcy had the thing she liked. This is the thing I think I like the most. Listening I like a lot. But you're in a position now to really 
get better at having difficult conversations, right? So some people are better at it than others. I'm not great at it. I'm kind of a people pleaser kind of guy, but I'm now in a leadership role where I got 30 people reporting to me, so I don't have a choice. Positivity, that was his number one. Yeah, that was my number one strength is positivity. So I tend to manage more on the optimist, positive, hey, let's have energy, let's go make that work. Which everyone doesn't love. Probably why we're married, but... But some people are like, oh, yeah. don't talk to Bill about anything bad because he's Mr. Positivity. Mr. Positivity, yep, yep. He doesn't want to hear anything negative. Um, so, yeah, that's a thing to manage. But my point in this was if you can challenge yourself early in your career, whatever, if you're comfortable with this, maybe you're, you're too abrasive. If you're just not comfortable with com- confrontation, get more comfortable with it. doesn't mean you have to be comfortable with it, but you got to develop some muscle memory about how to go do it. And that will serve you as you continue to move from that kind of individual performer role to management role to leadership role that will really serve you well. Um, So back to SBI and our example. Um, So here's what I would have preferred. And here's an example of that same conversation again, you know, the meeting this morning, I didn't think it was great. Um, but again, not my meeting, your meeting, I'm just telling you. So there's another way to do that. Hey, Bill, this morning, you have a second? Sure. Um, the strategy meeting this morning. Yeah. Um, I thought it was somewhat disorganized and it wasn't a great use of time. And I was, I was personally a little bit frustrated by it because I came out of it and I didn't know what my actionable items were and I'm still not sure how to prioritize my time. So what I was going to recommend was if we just stuck to the timeline and you could articulate the three top priorities and then give us action items at the end. Okay, so so I've added something to SBI. So the situation in that version was situation, very clear this morning strategy meeting, behavior, you were unclear and didn't articulate very well impact on that individual, not on what they think other people, but on that individual was they were frustrated because they didn't know how to prioritize their time. And here's my added to SBI, which is R, and that is the recommendation. And their willingness to say, oh, hey, so here's my here's situation, here's the behavior I observed, here's the impact. And my R is the recommendation, and that is here's some things I think that I'd recommend you can do. Oh, okay, so this ties back to the solution seeker. So That's the S squared, the second person came back in, even though it's hard to do to your boss, like it's criticizing your boss and it's a little bit intimidating, uh, but. It's not criticizing your boss, right? That's the difference is that's a super objective way. Now your boss might take it as criticism and that's the challenge you've got on the EA part is you as an, somebody who is emotionally aware you got to know your boss. You got to know your team. You got to know if that's going to set your boss off. And you got to come up with a strategy to address that. And your strategy one might be, hey, my boss is an asshole and I don't want to work for them. So that's, that's, quit that your happens. job. Quit your job and get don't out of that. work for people like that because that is toxic. Exactly. But that's the EA part, right? I mean, that's, that's the hard lift for you. And particularly if you're not great at conflict resolution, going and do that is super hard. And, and, it's, and it might even be harder to do it with somebody on your team than it is with your boss because your boss is getting paid to take that stuff. So they got to figure it out. Somebody who's kind of your friend who's on your team who's rambling in a meeting and you're like, God, this is killing me. But if you don't 
if you don't take on the hard effort of trying those things now and, and allowing yourself to fail at that sometimes, now is the time to do it. Get in the uncomfortable situation, throw that out a few times, mm-hmm. be bad at it, but get better at it, and you it will serve you well. We talked about the F-bomb fail. Yeah. So getting back to this one. So this is situation, the meeting today wasn't organized. Um, behavior is... Basically, situation was the meeting today. The meeting today. Behavior is it was unorganized. It was unorganized. And then impact is I don't know what to do in my job. Then our recommendation. Recommendation. I suggest the following. So this is only 80% here. That's a gem. If you like that, raise the roof right now. <laughs> give snaps. It's so good. I'm loving this. And I'm also like thinking to myself, um, wow, you should write a book. So this one was Solution Seeker greater is greater than, than Clever, clever complainer. complainer. Oh, please, complaining. We can do it all day long. I There's so many things to complain about right now. Let's come in with solutions. Quick observation, something I tell my team. If you want to complain to me, I actually don't mind it. And I have people who do it. But they come in, they knock, they say, look it, give me 10 minutes, I'm going to complain. And I'm like, go, I'm your guy. Get it out, close the door, get it out. I listen, complaints, good. What are we going to go do, right? So that's, those are different. That's why I label it the clever complainer because the clever complainer will kind of couch it and then they'll do it again. Like, I mean, I'm not really complaining, but you are. I'd rather just get to acknowledge like, hey, I'm just going to complain for a minute and now I'm going to help you solve the problem. That is a great thing to segue into questions. Any general tips on how to start off on a good note with a new team as an entry-level employee from Trey Boom or stuff to avoid doing? Mm. Aye, 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 I like it. The first thing that comes to mind goes back to my active listening, and that is ask a lot of questions. You know, I think people are like, oh, there's never never a stupid question. I mean, there kind of are some stupid questions, but you know that. I mean, take a little risk, right? I mean, you, you want to be authentic in that process, right? But I mean, I think that's good. Like, get to know people on your team. Marcy will tell you this. I'm doing it right now. People love to talk. They love to talk about themselves. I mean, Marcy's like, oh, come and talk to students and talk about yourself. I mean, who's like, I don't want to do that, right? It's fun to give it It is, and yeah. people want to talk about themselves. So oh ask God. them a lot of questions, and it will help you to get to know them, and, you know, they'll they'll like you, and they'll initially be like, oh, hey, this person. And then you'll learn a lot about them, right? Because people that I know who are good at active listening are actually really effective in teams, and here's why. They'll talk briefly, like, I'll ask them, like, how are things going at work? And you'll tell me, but you'll always follow it up with, in the right amount of time, like, hey, thanks for asking. But by the way, how are you doing? Like, what's going on in your life? Tell me about how your kids are. How's that project going? Hey, you know that thing, that project that you're working on with, with, with Susan? Hey, how did you guys resolve that one thing? And people are like, wow, actually, like, you paid attention to that? You listened to that? That's my that's my early one, and then bring them food that they like. Oh, yeah, bake. Yeah, yeah bake. And here's the other thing. You came down so excited yesterday because you had just had a call with your former boss. Yeah. He was the CEO of the biotech center, and he, this is like you have to tell a story how he was just like, oh, how is Marcy? How is Shelby? How is Kaylin? And it was just like he cared about your life, and you hadn't talked to him in weeks or maybe more. Yeah, this is a guy who served in the North Carolina General Assembly for many years. He was the department. He was the Secretary of Commerce. He was Secretary of Revenue, and you all like to know he's an NC State graduate. 
Um, Norris Tolson. Norris Tolson. Shout yeah. out to Norris. Yeah. Norris is one of the guys that, uh, that I look up to as a mentor. But I told Marcia, I said, this is the great thing about Norris. I hadn't talked to him. He's, he's our former CEO. Just lost his wife who passed away. So Norris has got a lot of things on his mind other than me. And yet he called me about something. And the very first thing he did when he picked up the phone and I said, Norris, how are you? I'm so sorry to hear about, you know, Betsy's passing. We talked very briefly. And the next thing he did was he said, hey, tell me how, how, how's Marcy doing? How's her job going? How's Shelby doing? How's Kaylin doing? And I was like, I haven't seen Norris in three years. First of all, he asked. Second of all, he remembered. I mean, he likes Marcy. I mean, everybody I know likes Marcy. Remember my kid's name? Ask me about that. So that's an act. That's the upside of an active listener. And you remember those things. You pay attention. Yeah, yeah. And you care. That's why, I, that's why L greater than or equal to T is big for me. Like, that's the guy I really look to as a mentor. Remember I said manager, leader. And I think to myself, huh, what are the qualities in the leaders that I respect? That's one of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was just like, he was joking with you too and humor. That's the other thing he was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how successful your daughters are. Who did he give the credit to again? Was it me? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't remember. I think he said it was all from Marcy. I can't remember that. I'm but it was just like, that. again, more of the part of a human connection. And I think, um, wow, look at it. It's one o'clock. You have to, you have to get back to work. He's got a day job. Let's give it up for Bill Bullock. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. The NC State Career Development Center prepares and empowers students to identify and pursue their career goals. Stop by Pullen Hall to learn more. Thank you for listening to Wolfpack Career Chats, and we hope to see you around campus. Have a packtacular day.